let go. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong. This is Sadiq and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. Now we're going to kick off this show with the MVP in the NBA. Now, I think it's very important to 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 say this. We, I believe the MVP award is it's an op, it's a close case it's it's a wrap, but we just don't want to acknowledge guys that deserve to win the award just because their game isn't something that gives us oohs and ahs and it's not on the highlight reel for ESPN's top ten plays, and it's not it's not you know it's not exciting to see. The MVP is the Joker, and I'm not joking around. Nikola Jokic has been the most valuable player in this league, period. No disrespect to Chris Paul. No disrespect to Joel Embiid. No disrespect to Julius Randle. I love what all of them have been doing. But the Joker is by far the MVP, and I think it's not even close. First of all, he's the only player that's played every single game. Everybody's missed games. Joel Embiid's missed about 18 games. Chris Ball, Chris Paul has missed games here and there. Julius Randle has missed games here and there. Joel Embiid has, I mean, Nikola Jokic has played every single game this season, period. This is what he leads on his own team. He's number one in points, number one in rebounds, number one in assists, number one in steals, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, uh, free throw percentage, minutes, minutes per, assist per percentage. This guy's doing it all and then some. And then he lost his budding mate in Jamal Murray. So now he's doing it all by himself. I believe the writers, I believe the media wants to give it to Joel Embiid so bad because of the way he's played, his personality. He's in a big market. I just think that they want to do that so bad. But I'm sorry. Joel Embiid's missed 18 games. The Joker has missed none. That, to me, is the divider. And on top of that, he's damn near averaging a triple-double. The man's averaging 27, 11, and 8. Joel Embiid is not averaging that. They have similar numbers in rebounding. He, uh, Joel Embiid is averaging 30 per game, but the assist is where the disparity is just crazy. So, to me, it's not even close. Give Like, right now, if I was someone who voted on this, I would give it to the Joker. Now, the rest of the, the, the MVP list, and could it change? There's about, about 15 games left, so could it change? Yes, but will it change? I don't think so. So my number one is Joker, Joel Embiid number two, Chris Paul number three, and Julius Randle number four. And the reason why I say that, because I need to show Chris Paul and Julius Randle some love. What they have been doing this season, they've just been putting on shows. If LeBron James had went to the Suns 
and was just averaging what Chris Paul was averaging, yet they were number two in the West, I think he gets MVP. I think people just don't want to give it to Chris Paul because his numbers don't look the way it should, and his game isn't, you know, it's not like similarly to the Joker. It's not a lot of highlights. It's about actually playing basketball, using your IQ. It's not predicated on athleticism. It's more predicated on skill. And I think Chris Paul's not getting the love that he deserves. The Phoenix Suns went 8-0 in the bubble. Uh, still didn't make the playoffs. Chris Paul comes in at number two in the West. Look at the look at the OKC Thunder. Man, they sorry. They trash. They poo. CP3 for MVP. I, I want him to be in that top three. I want him to be in the top three voting. But the Joker to me is number one. And what Joel Embiid's doing is he's been dominating the game Shaq like to be honest but he's been missing a lot of games and also on top of that you also have the Joker still in the top four what in the Western Conference yeah it's the Joker by by clear margin enough about the MVP talk I want to get into something more serious Kyrie Irving came out uh this past week and talks about the adjustments that he has to make um, as a Muslim fasting Ramadan, but at the same time playing games. For those that don't know, currently um, myself, I am a Muslim and we are in the month of Ramadan where we are, uh, you know, taking part of Ramadan beginning of April 12th and it runs for 30 days. Um, in that time, our goal is to try to have a closer relationship with Allah um, and may he accept our efforts. But during that time, you know, as you probably know, there's no eating or drinking from sunup to sundown. So we typically, depending on where you are in the world, you wake up as early as 4 a.m., um, eat and, you know, make sure you pray prior to the sun coming up. And um, like I said before, you know, the goal for that holy month is to get closer to Allah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that make goals throughout that time that make sure that they are better Muslim, um, you know, coming out of it than they did coming into it. And they look to, and we always look to keep that momentum going. Um, Kyrie talks about, you know, that adjustment that he has to make while, you know, him playing the game at the same time, not really having the nourishment that he needs on a typical night out basis. Think about it. You're waking up 4 a.m., eating about 4, 4.30. Then you go pray around 4.50. And then you're not eating at all. The game starts around 7.30. Now fasting, now the sun sets around between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. And then, so you're at mid game and then you have to go break your fast, but then continue the game for another two and a half hours. So I commend Kyrie, other players that you might not know that have been a part of this, um, that are taking part of Ramadan. My Muslim brothers, you have Jalen Brown, you have Nurkic, Ennis Cantor, um, you know, even dating back Hakeem Olajuwon, um, he had to endure it as well. Um, and may Allah accept your, your efforts uh, throughout this month. Um, continue to look to provide for your families um, and your loved ones. And at the same time, get closer to Allah and may and may all the Muslims out there, may Allah um, accept your efforts during this month of Ramadan. So 
this week is one of my favorite weeks. Why it's one of my favorite weeks? I'll tell you why it's one of my favorite weeks because it's the NFL draft. The NFL draft is Thursday with round one, Friday with round two and three, and then Saturday with round four through seven. I love the draft. I've watched college football. I watched the NFL seeing guys work their way to the pro game, realizing their dreams is just a beautiful, beautiful uh, night. So for me, I have five predictions that I'm looking at for this draft. The first being, there's going to be at least five trades in, in the first round. Expect five trades to happen on Thursday night. So you look at this past weekend, you had a trade with the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, where they where the Ravens sent their offensive tackle, all pro offensive tackle, uh, Orlando Brown to the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for some picks. The biggest uh, pick um, in this trade was the 31st overall pick in this year's draft. So now the Ravens have two picks and they're going to look to you know help their team moving forward. And I think there will be more trades to happen. Expect the Denver Broncos to be a team that wants to get into the trading market. Expect the New England Patriots, seeing reports about them trying to move up. Expect a team like the Dolphins, always looking to move down. A, a team like Detroit wants to move down. A team like the Atlanta Falcons wants to move down. So we'll see what happens, how it shakes up. Now, my second prediction is I believe the, the Denver Broncos are going to take a quarterback. It's to me, it's just for certain at this point. I believe the sweet spot is at number seven with the Detroit Lions. I can see the the Broncos moving up to seven and drafting the quarterback so the Carolina Panthers or potentially the New England Patriots don't move up and get, you know, a quarterback for them. I think for themselves, I think the quarterback that you should be looking out for is Justin Fields. Justin Fields, to me, is the quarterback that's going to be sliding down a little bit where the Denver Broncos could get him closer to their price as opposed to the exorbitant price that the 49ers went up to uh, from 12 to 3 to try to get their quarterback. So I believe the Denver Broncos, by the end of Thursday night, will come out with a quarterback. Now, another Another prediction I have is that there will be a shocker. There will be a player that ain't nobody expect to be in the first round, be in the first round. A player to me that comes to mind is Christian Ponder um, um, in the 2010, 29 year. He came out in that draft and he was sorry. Um, so, you know, something like that, a complete shocker, a left fielder. I think that will probably happen. And with a shocker, Another prediction I have is there will be somebody that slides down big. I think the person that comes to mind is Devontae Smith, the reigning. Let me repeat that. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Now, this guy's a stud. He had one of the best college uh, seasons ever. He had the best wide receiver stats ever for, for uh, in a season. And I think... He will slide down. The reason why he'll slide down this past this past week, they had their um, they all the all the prospects had to go get you know their physicals done. So like their height, weight, yada yada yada. Devonte Smith came out to be six feet, one hundred and sixty six pounds. Now I'm sorry, but that don't sound like no football player to me. Devonte Smith looked like a Uber driver. He looked like Smokey from Friday. 
That's what he looked like. And will it hinder him in the NFL? I don't think so, but teams will look at that size and be like, hmm, it's kind of frail. Can he take a hit from a Bobby Wagner, a Levante David, a Devin Bush, you know, a Devin White? So that is the, the critical issue. Now, I do think, you know, Devontae Smith can have a great career in the NFL. I can see him being a multiple pro bowler kind of guy. But, um, you know, if you're looking for a comp, think of Marvin Harrison, Isaac Bruce. Now, I don't think, I don't know if he's ever going to be those kind of guys. But in terms of slender build, relies a lot of route running, relies a lot on, you know, beating press coverage. I think that's the comp. And if he goes to a team that has a quarterback, he has a chance. And the last prediction, and I'm dead serious when I say this because I'm ticked off that I'm reading reports that they might go in a different direction. This is a PSA to the Cincinnati Bengals. If the Cincinnati Bengals do not take Penny Sewell offensive tackle from Oregon or Rashawn Slater offensive tackle from Northwestern, they should be, they should be put to jail they should be locked up for battery and assault they should be charged with battery and assault to joe burrow joe burrow tore his acl last year you know why he tore his acl last year because he was getting hacked in the in the pocket he was getting destroyed he was getting hit constantly you need to protect him now i know in the past you drafted you know carson palmer and then you, you know, you went out and got Chad Johnson, TJ Hoosmanzada, or who is your mama, the late great Chris Henry. And recently, you know, a couple of years ago, it was Andy Dalton with AJ Green. And now you're trying to pair Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. The heck with that. Protect your investment. He was laying on the ground last year. If you don't protect him this year, he's going to be laying on the ground again. Period. I got fam that loves the Cincinnati Bengals. They don't want to see Joe Burrow on his back every single play. You saw what happened with Patrick Mahomes when he didn't have an offensive line. You saw what happened with Tom Brady in his last year with New England. Quarterbacks that don't have protection look like poo, and they get hurt. And now your franchise is in a flux. Do not. Cincinnati, you will take an offensive tackle. You will. You know why you will? Because Joe Burrow is all you got. Since LeBron left, Ohio has only got one player, and that's Joe Burrow. Don't mess it up. So that's my predictions for the NFL draft coming up this Thursday, starting Thursday at 8 p.m. with the first round picks. Now, shifting gears to the players. Now, there's some players in the draft that I love. Every single year, I just get infatuated with certain players who I think is going to do well in the league. And a couple of years ago, um, way back, I loved RG3 coming out of Baylor. You know, I thought he would be tremendous, and he's been tremendous. Another player I really loved coming out um, was J.J. Watt coming out of Wisconsin. You know, even dating back to last season, a player I really liked was – Jared Judy coming out of Alabama. So, you know, this year I have my five um, that I really, really like. The first one, Kadarius Tony, wide receiver coming out of Florida. This man can do it all. He can line up in the slot. 
I don't really think he's an outside receiver, but he can do that. Um, he can also run the ball so he can play in the backfield. He reminds me a lot of Curtis Samuel coming out of Ohio State a couple of years ago now with the Washington football team. Kadarius Tony can do it all. Run the ball inside the slot. He runs a 4-3. I think he'll be a he'll be a day two pick. He'll be a Friday pick. He probably won't go in the first round, but I think he's going to do very well in the NFL. He can come in and out of his breaks, a slot guy. I really enjoy his game. The second one is his teammate. To me, he's the best player in the draft, and it ain't even close. He will be better at his position than everybody else is at theirs, and that's including the quarterbacks, and that is Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. This guy is a monster. If he goes to Atlanta, good night, Irene. It will be a wrap. He will be the rookie of the year, the first time a tight end has ever won the award. I'm just letting y'all know. He's going to get about 60 to 75 catches, over 800 yards, and about six touchdowns especially if Julio Jones is on the one side and Calvin Ridley is on the other, Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. Just letting y'all know, Atlanta, don't mess this up. Go make sure y'all take Kyle Pitts out of Florida. The third person is Javante Williams, running back out of North Carolina. This guy is a bruiser. Can run it in, in between the tackles, can catch it um, out of the backfield. I think he is going to play well in this league. He's looking to be... I. I view him as a second or third round pick. I would love for the Jets to grab him in the third round, but we'll see if he even makes it out of the second round. Number four, to me, is the best defender in college football coming out, and that is Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. This guy is a monster. He's a beast. I'm just letting y'all know he can play. He's going to play either right outside linebacker or left outside linebacker. Can be sideline to sideline. It doesn't really matter. If you need him to play middle linebacker, he can do that too. This guy is a beast. He has some pass rushing qual qualities to him. I really like him. He is about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, arms coming down to his knees, runs about a 4'3", can cover. Now, he didn't play last year, but the last time he played, he put on an absolute show. And when it comes to linebackers in Penn State, it just works. So I'm just letting y'all know, I don't care if it's Patrick Satan. I don't care if it's Greg Newsom, I don't care about any other defensive players in this draft. Michael Parsons is the best one. He'll be gone top 15 pick. Now, we have the quarterbacks. So you have... Trevor Lawrence, you have Zach Wilson, you got, you know, Justin Fields, but my favorite is Trey Lance. Trey Lance, that boy can dance. I'm letting y'all know he has the highest upside in this draft. To me, if he pans out, he will be better than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has the highest ceiling, but Trey Lance, to me, has the highest upside, and it ain't even close. Man coming out of North Dakota State University where Carson Wentz played at, I think he has a chance. If he's developed, if he goes to San Francisco, he sits behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for a year, it can be Patrick Mahomes all over again. Not necessarily the wows and the touchdowns, but in terms of the stability at the 
quarterback position and the opportunity to win championships. So Trey Lance is my favorite quarterback. And then the last player, he reminds me so much of his dad, Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, if you don't know who Asante Samuel is, look him up. Super Bowl champion, a pro bowler, one of the great DBs of his time. You cannot name, you know, seven DBs that were better than Asante Samuel in his time. I'm sorry. The guy understands route combinations. The guy understands offensive sets. And it translates to his son, cornerback coming out of Florida State University. Now, his son, just like his dad, not going to be a first-round pick. But whoever gets him, they will be very, very happy with this with Asante Samuel. A great tackler, has a nose for the ball understands route combinations just like his daddy whichever team gets him especially a zone coverage team they will be very very happy with Asante Samuel so that so there you have it those are my favorite players Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, Micah Parsons, Trey Lance and Asante Samuel we'll see where they go um, in this draft I believe all these guys will be picked no later than round three and whoever gets these guys, I think they'll make an impact in the NFL. Again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on the show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, Prove Me Wrong underscore podcast. And I'll be waiting for your comments. You gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. Walking out, walking out.